You are Locked On Broncos, your daily podcast on the Denver Broncos, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And the Denver Broncos have taken Super Bowl 50. That's right. You were Locked On Broncos. It's time to drop some knowledge. I am Chad Jensen, the publisher of MileHighHuddle.com, and with me is my right-hand man, my co-host, Luke Polglaze, a semi-pro football coach and NFL draft analyst. Luke, how are you, my friend? We're going to follow up our uh, talk about the Senior Bowl with some defensive-oriented uh, analysis. You ready? Man, the only thing I love more than draft knowledge is a second round of draft knowledge, so here we go. <laughs> Well, we are committed to bringing you a daily podcast focused entirely on your Denver Broncos at least five days a week, and we're not here to just report the news. You know this. We're here to do a deep dive on your favorite team, so help us out, share the episodes on Facebook, retweet them on Twitter, and go check out our work over at milehighhuddle.com where we have some premium Broncos content, more deep dive stuff for the Broncoholics out there. Our subscribers get 10% off on tickets, 10% off on Broncos team merchandise through Fanatics. Go check that out. And follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnBroncos. Just take a second, open up your phone, find the app, at LockedOnBroncos, click follow. And, of course, the home of LockedOnBroncos is AudioBoom. Also, uh, be sure to subscribe on iTunes if you're an Android user, Stitcher. We got another season's in the rearview mirror we got all the coaching changes. We're talking about the draft. Free agency soon to come. You're not going to want to miss a single episode. Now, again, we're going to continue our analysis of the Senior Bowl today. And uh, yesterday we talked about some of the standout prospects um, this week on the offensive side of the ball. Today we're going to turn to the defensive guys. Now, looking at the Broncos roster holes right now, you know, a month or so out from free agency, I would throw – Defensive end, we've talked about this before, nose tackle and inside linebacker is the top three major needs. So we'll try and kind of shape our analysis a little bit on these senior bowl standouts through that vein. And we'll start with a guy out of Florida, inside linebacker, Alex Anzalone. Now, if you listen to the Locked On NFL Draft podcast at all this week, you heard those guys just gushing on Anzalone, basically you know, showing up every off-ball linebacker in the drills. According to them, they talked about his speed, his quickness, physicality. He has a penchant for sticking his nose into the muss at the point of attack. He's six foot three, 240 pounds, kind of like uh, Clay Matthews. He's got the long, flowing, blonde locks. Luke, could this kid fit what the Broncos needed inside linebacker when you think about you know, Brandon Marshall's partner in crime? Everybody always notices the hair. Isn't it funny? Um, yeah, I, I mean, you talk about a guy who can do it all for you. He can. Um, I mean, Florida recently has had a good record of turning out some good inside linebackers. Uh, obviously, Antonio Morrison going to the Colts last year. Uh, Jared Davis in the draft this year. Um, and I think what's going to be interesting is you're go- you've got a guy here in Anzalone who you know he can play. Um, he's shown that for you, but he's had some injury issues. Um, and I think that's really going to inform a lot of NFL teams. Their decision on him is do they go for him with those injury issues? Uh, with that injury history that he's had um, or do they pass on him because of that so you know it's one of those things where if he stays healthy and some team pulls the trigger on him they could end up with a steal yeah I watched just uh, a few highlights on him and one thing that jumped out to me about him is just he plays with a kind of reckless uh, abandon just a very physical guy Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how the draft process shakes out for him 
Now let's talk about Michigan's inside backer, Ben Gedeon. Now, Tim Yotter of NFL on Scout, he's also the, the Viking Update publisher, he said that uh, Gedeon and Anzalone are basically clones, to use his verbiage. Six foot two, 243 uh, pounds. Um, Gideon's a bit more compact than Anzalone, but he did earn some rave reviews in Mobile. I liked what Todd Davis did at times for the Broncos next to Brandon Marshall, but I feel like they really need to add some talent to this spot. Could Gideon be a fit, Luke? Well, if you talk about... Um... You talk about the the Florida Gators producing some good off the ball linebackers over the couple last couple of years. I mean, it's been the exact same thing at Michigan. I mean, they had a guy last year uh, go to the East West Shrine game. Um, in uh, oh man, his name escapes me. He's the uh, uh, Joe Bolden. That was the guy linebacker year before that. Obviously Jake Ryan, uh, with the Packers. Um, so they, they've turned out some talent there as well. And Gideon is just another guy kind of just churning out of that Michigan machine. Um, he is a bit uh, more compact plays with a little bit more power. Um, but I think he can come downhill for you in a hurry. Um, obviously that Michigan defense is pretty advanced. They do make some good like checks and stuff like that. So his football IQ is going to be honed a little bit more coming out of that defense coming to the NFL. Now, another intriguing prospect out of Temple, making some waves in Mobiles, linebacker Hassan Reddick. Six foot two, 237 pounds. Luke, I know this is a guy that you've had the opportunity to study a little bit. He seems to be kind of a seek and destroy type of backer. Could you see him, though, in orange and blue? Would he fit what the Broncos need in a 3 4 inside linebacker? Man, Reddick has had one of the most interesting journeys in college of any prospect that I can remember. He actually came in and was originally trained at cornerback, believe it or not, um, before getting moved to edge rusher and then uh, to off-ball linebacker and then back to edge rusher. So he's kind of done it all for uh, Temple. Um, He's a tough kid. He's athletic as all get out. Um, He can get after the passer. He can play off the ball. And obviously we know he's cross-training coverage at cornerback. Um, He's got scouts salivating over him in Mobile right now. A lot of guys are talking about how well he's performed in interviews. Um, Apparently a really humble kid. Uh, So this is a guy that you're going to really want to watch. Obviously, Temple over the last couple of years. Again, I keep talking about these pipelines. When it comes to defense, you know, any team that can keep putting them in the NFL is going to be huge. Tavon Young with the Ravens was at Temple last year. Um, they uh, they put a defensive lineman with Washington. They put a off-ball linebacker with Pittsburgh. I mean, this team has talent. He's another talented guy. It would not surprise me to see him rise into the like day one or day two of the draft. Now, we're going to move on and talk about some of the big boys in the trenches. But before we do, I want to talk about a study that was recently done by the Interactive Advertising Bureau and Edison Research, basically showcasing that or finding that consumers are highly likely to purchase from podcast sponsors. According to the survey of a thousand podcast listeners, nearly two thirds, 65 percent, were more willing to consider purchasing products and services they learned about during a podcast. Sixty percent added that given equal price and quality, They prefer to purchase from companies that advertise on their favorite podcasts. So if you're listening to this show, you're a business owner, that's some powerful data. Thinking about Locked On Broncos as a possibility, 98% of our listenership is male, 80% of which are between the ages of 18 to 44. So if you have a product, you have a service, you'd like to reach that demographic, you should be sponsoring Locked On Broncos. Feel free to reach out to us at lockedonbroncos at gmail.com. 
we can talk about our rates, which are very reasonable. Now, Luke, let's take a look at some uh, possible five-tech defensive ends, possible nose tackles uh, competing at the Senior Bowl this week. And one guy who's made it into a few scouting notebooks is Michigan's Chris Wormley. Now, he's six foot five. he's 297 pounds, another just big human being. He's been described as a terror in Mobile, beating guys off the snap, splitting double teams. Could you, Luke, envision Wormley as a fit for the Broncos in a 3-4 scheme? Yeah, he absolutely does have the length and speed off the snap to to fit into this kind of one-gap 3-4 defense. Um, he's always been a good slanting guy. He's very active with his hands. Um, and, you know, you talk about that linebacker behind him in Ben Gideon, uh, you know, Warmly has been clearing the way for him right up front. So um, these are two guys who know each other well, um, who've been playing with each other for a while at Michigan. Um, and I think it's Warmly who's really going to kind of be a late riser. People love that kind of slanting defensive lineman play in the NFL. I think he can play in a 3-4 and a 4-3. So um, I think he's going to find an NFL home before too long. Now another guy, and we've, we've talked about him before on the show, Big Montravius Adams is wrecking shop in Mobile. Auburn's big six foot three, three hundred and eight pound defensive tackle has wowed some scouts, wowed the analysts with surprising speed for his size, Luke. Is this a guy though? My question is this is this a guy who's even gonna be around when the Broncos pick at twenty? Talk about Adams and could he work uh, in a system like this as a nose tackle? Yeah, I think he absolutely would be a great nose tackle in this system. I've talked about how um, you know the the uh, the weigh-ins have had a big effect for some players, and you know to the to the most part positive for him. It has not had a great effect for him. It's been kind of negative because, quite frankly. He's got short arms, and now that's a that's a kind of a funny thing to say that a man with uh, his arms are almost thirty two inches long. Uh, what right, I mean, the, right. small? Who are you kidding? Um, you know that is going to be pretty important for him. Um, it's just noticeably small for a defensive lineman, um, and it's small for him to try and disengage especially on the interior when he doesn't have that much room those short arms you know aren't as much as a hindrance on the outside but it does hurt him from disengaging from chopping off uh, of the offensive lineman I loved his 2014 tape I was not a huge fan of the 2015 tape which I think was just the way he was used and the scheme he was used uh, in I think it's going to be very interesting I haven't had a chance yet to watch 2016 tape how he looked in this new defense definitely a guy to keep an eye on though and generating a lot of buzz. Another guy that we need to talk about is Tano Passano. I hope I didn't butcher his name too badly. The Villanova kid who is blowing doors down and he really turned some heads in the way in. Six foot seven, actually a little bit taller than six foot seven, 280 pounds. It's hard to, a guy like this, figure out where exactly, you know, when you think about a position he projects in the NFL. But talk about this kid out of Villanova, Luke, whose name I dare not utter again for fear of butchering it. Well, I think your first mistake there is calling him a kid. I mean, this guy's a man. This guy is absolutely sculpted. He just showed up all kinds of rocked up, and people people took note. Um, the uh, the Twitter timeline when he got on stage was just filled with, oh, who is this guy? He looks like he was created in a football mad scientist lab. Um <laughs> 
So he's he's a guy who obviously looks the part. Um, I mean, there's a there's a scouting expression that goes looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. Right. You know, you kind of wonder is that the case? Um, he he's had some moments in practice. He's still very raw as a pass rusher, um, but he's had a couple moments. One against Forrest Lamp, who I know we referenced yesterday yep. in understanding the leverage against him and kind of just putting him on his back. I think any team who's willing to invest a lot of time in Passigno, um or Passenio, my apologies, uh, is going <laughs> to whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. The the Villanova man, um, you know, they're going to have to invest some time in him to turn him into a guy, uh, a pass rusher who they can really use. For right now, he's just a guy who needs a lot of development, and I think it's going to be very interesting with Denver, who obviously has a lot of confidence in their defensive line coach, um, if they maybe take a run at him. Now, I want to talk about a couple of corners before we get out of here who have, <clears throat> excuse me, made it into uh, several scouting books this week. First, let's talk about Corn Elder out of Miami. He's somewhat diminutive when you look at his measurables, five foot 10, 179 pounds only. But this kid can play. Um, and Luke, you know, the Broncos have no problem drafting uh, f- from a position of strength. It's, we saw it happen with Shane Ray. We saw it happen with Bradley Roby. But would Elder fit in with the no-fly zone? And what round would the Broncos have to be willing to spend a pick to get him? I mean, size is always the issue, right? We talk about it in the NFL, 5'10", 179. That's pretty small for an NFL player, but I know this is cliche as all get out. Cornelder plays way bigger than that. This is a guy who flies around like his hair is on fire. He plays aggressive football, puts his big boy pants on, whatever whatever expression you want to use. He embodies it. He's a kind of player who's going to come in and win every coach's heart because he's just going to come and work. I mean, he he plays hard. He plays aggressive, and but he plays well within himself. Uh, he's a, still a great tackler in the open field, um, very athletic player. Um, right now, I think he's going to rise far higher than he is projected right now. I it, Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes round two and maybe even round one. There's going to be a defensive coach out there who's going to say, look, I love this kid. This kid can do anything for me on the field. I'm just going to use the heck out of him because, you know, we saw a similar thing happen a couple of years ago with the Honey Badger in Arizona. Um, a lot of people are going to compare Elder to, to Machu um, in Arizona. I don't think they're the same player by any means. Uh, I don't think Elder is that kind of hybrid of the cornerback free safety, but I do think that he definitely has an NFL position, and that is all-around destroyer. (laughs) Now, this last kid, Luke, I know you haven't had a chance to really sit down and and study him yet, but Rasul Douglas out of West Virginia, he's long, he's 6'2", 204 pounds, and he's earned quite a few positive uh, remarks in Mobile this week. The Broncos, of course, have one of the best kind of long physical corners in the game and a keep to leave. After the model the Seattle Seahawks put in place a few years back, this type of cornerback, Luke, seems to be at a premium nowadays. Right, and in this class, you've got a pretty much a series of smaller corners. Um, so a guy who's bigger like Douglas is going to earn some bigger looks. Um, he's going to get you know a little bit more attention earlier than maybe he should in a in a kind of an even class, just because there aren't as many long, tall corners in this in this draft class. Um, I do think that he uh, you know he's played in a secondary, obviously with plenty of NFL talent. Um, Carl Joseph went in the first round there. Again, this right. is a pipeline I'm talking about. KJ Dillon as well um so you know he's got he's got the kind of the background that's gonna nfl coaches are gonna drool over i mean he's got the length that the position coaches are gonna say gimme 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 and watch what i can do with him 
well, hey, we'll we'll probably come back and revisit um, at some point next week what actually occurs in the Senior Bowl on Saturday. But thanks for listening, everybody. And be sure to go follow at Lockdown Broncos on Twitter. Just a one last reminder. You can find Luke in the Twitterverse at Luke Polglaze and myself at Chad and Jensen. We love hearing from you, so keep hitting us up. Check out the other killer podcasts on the network. And uh, we're really looking forward uh, to this week was pretty much our first chance to really begin the process of sinking our, our teeth into the draft process. And I hope you like it because there's going to be a lot more of that type of content to come between now and draft day. Don't forget to subscribe. For Luke, I'm Chad. We'll talk to you next week. Mile high huddle. Daddy, where do babies come from? Uh, well, uh... Honey? Mommy went to the store. Oh, well, you see, um... Well, there's a mommy and a daddy, right? Right. And see, when they call Geico, uh, they could save a bunch of money on car insurance. Oh, really? And that makes them happy? Yes, that makes them very happy. That's good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we could have this talk, sunshine. (laughs) Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer.